0: Hello and welcome to the Ranked Last Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Alec, joined by my co hosts, Sam and Wine. Today, we welcome on special guest, the owner of Auto Draft Hertz, Nate Johnson. And as we start out, as always, with the recap, we will. Once again, start with the Wet Amy's, who would drop a 149 burger on extra lamb sauce, who puts up 130 to boot. A very strong performance from both teams, but the Wet Amies are able to edge it out with help from their number one options in DK Metcalf, 24 points. Kyle Pitts, 22 points. James Robinson, 21 points. Patrick Mahomes, not even in the top three there. Sam, you were the other half of this matchup. How did you uh, see it?
1: Well, not big on believing in moral victories, but this was definitely one of those. Uh, just because last year, no, not last year, last week I scored like two or something. I scored like so little compared to um, Carson. So, one hundred thirty kind of boosts the total overall points. Um, but you know what? I accept it was a, it was a good battle uh, throughout the Sunday, Alec. I agree,
0: yeah. Wine, I think you were uh, watching this matchup a bit, but uh, do you have any different thoughts on uh, Noah Fant, maybe?
2: How did you know? That's literally what I was going to say. Noah Fant sucks. <laughs> hey, Kyle Pitts just destroyed him. Kyle Pitts finally woke up, and he looked real good. But yeah, Noah Fant Just like I said, sucks. It is weird that Sam lost, even though I picked him to win on the podcast. That is weird. It is weird how that ended up working. But, yeah, overall, very high-scoring matchup. But Sam's team is just too bad to win. Oh, man.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, Nate, our guest, can finish this one off. Did you have any Noah Fant-related thoughts, Nate? Or really any player? I didn't, but
3: I did think it was kind of a bold choice to start the Colts defense against uh, Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense. Because even if they ended up getting the win, you knew the Ravens were probably going to put up over twenty plus points. So that's just just a bold strategy. Got them four points, so you can't be too upset from a defense. But
0: and they almost had like the sickest fumble recovery, run back, touchdown ever. I still thought I
1: I didn't think I I still thought he got it. it.
0: Me too. Thought he got it
1: too.
3: Yeah, I'm biased. I thought he
0: got it. Yeah, I actually thought it was until port pass, but you never yeah. know. Yeah, well, fair enough. In the second uh, matchup recap, we have Curse of First dropping <laughs> one seventy four, the highest points in a week this year so far. Uh, after he proclaimed that he's the number one team in the league and perhaps the greatest of all time, I don't know if he said those words, but it was implied. Um, doing that to Tendy Man who was able to put up 90 points, the second fewest, uh, this week. Uh, Wine, how did you feel about taking this massive loss?
2: Oh, uh, well, um, very good, of course. You know, the one week I picked myself to win the podcast, and I lose by 84. So <laughs> I have learned my lesson. I will never pick myself to win again. And why should I? My team is garbage.
0: There you go. There you go. Especially when Saquon Barkley... Um, now puts out again. nine yards and then balloons his ankle after accidentally stepping on someone's foot. Pretty unfortunate. Nate, did you get a chance to see any of that uh, Giants-Cowboys thrashing and all the injuries in that game?
3: I, I did. I did get to see a little bit of it. And um, what actually impressed me was Mike Lennon in that game. I was just expecting the absolute worst like <laughs> like 10 picks and a quarter kind of bad but he actually got some passes out there he made it, made a little drive here and there so Devonte booker looked good after saquon went out so there is there isn't a lot of hope for the giants but they're they're not looking terrible you know
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair especially considering the only player they had to throw to pretty much was Kadarius tony who then tried to punch somebody in the helmet and got ejected late in the game
3: yeah, so, which isn't great, but, you know... That is tough. For
0: running <laughs> but Man was able to get 10 points out of his tight end in the same game with Dalton Schultz, and his pickup, Damian Williams, was able to get 15, so there's some signs of life here, but the quarterback and uh, Saquon Barkley and the stack with A.J. Brown, just not doing much at all with how Derrick no, Henry's running man. through people. yeah. And we haven't talked much about John yet. So Sam, did you have any thoughts on uh, on the number one, getting 100 points from Adams, Andrews, and Williams combined? You do love Mike Williams.
1: I do love Mike Williams. Uh, just one critique, John. You put in Stefan Diggs, who only scored seven. Michael Pittman scored 18 on your bench. That is an SMH in the youth world. Um, but other than that, looking pretty good. I think, uh, like John said, every other uh, team has a player that's washed. I don't see a washed player on this uh, roster. So, Devontae Adams, Mark Andrews, and Mike Williams scoring more than Jake's team in a week. I'd say that's sustainable. Painful.
0: Yeah, I think that probably will happen every week, to be honest.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I was actually at the Viking game
2: this last weekend, and my phone literally died at like 3 o'clock. But I was already down by like 20, so I was like, I didn't have much hope, but... And I came back. I opened my phone. And I was also down by like seventy,
0: and he still had players. I was like, "This is great." What? Wow. <laughs> what a way to live life from Jake Weinhoser. Anyways, moving into Milwaukee, you know's moving to three and two with one hundred twenty-eight points over Kevin, scoring ninety-three. Now two and three. Um, he hasn't changed his name yet this week, which might be a good sign. Although he will be in trouble if we keep picking his team to win because that seems to be a recipe for a disaster. So <laughs> yeah, Nate, did you have any any thoughts on Kevin's poor team here losing Russell yeah, Wilson it, Thursday night?
3: His, his team name is pretty. It's pretty um it's pretty accurate, Just pain all through, like Russell Wilson out for four to six weeks. Bateman on IR. I'm wondering why he's still kind of on the team because I don't really think he's gonna come back till week eight or nine this year so that's quite the stash and then will fuller like if you got a player on the dolphins like what are you doing you don't even want anyone on that team (laughs) so it's like kevin come on you can do better
0: oh yeah poor kevin although i think with the new like short-term three-week ir i think bateman just started practicing or something last week he's supposed to be coming back anytime now and some people are still hyped on him but yeah we obviously haven't seen him play yet at all this year
3: I mean, yeah, you so. got, everyone's kind of seen him play because he was a gopher. So that's so close to home you get to watch him except for Sam. That's true. But, true. Yeah, so he's he's an electric player, but it's still his rookie season, and they got great wide receivers like Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown, and Mark Andrews coming off a crazy week. So
0: That's fair. I wouldn't expect much from, uh, from Bateman. But uh, yeah. Wine, what did you think about Michael getting his third win here? I mean, you know.
2: Oh, you know, Uh, Justin Herbert's pretty good at uh, quarterbacking, I guess. But um, he finally decided to drop the Chiefs defense, which is good for him. I was honestly really hoping since he's playing me, I was like, oh, he better keep the Chiefs defense. But somehow, you know, having the worst defense, he finally after five weeks decided to drop them. But hey, he still got the dub. Uh, One thing about Kevin's team, I must say, though, his running backs have continued to look very good definitely the strongest part of his team, but it is rough with Russell Wilson now being out, and that's just going to take Tyler Lockett's value down, and so yeah, it's a little sad. And Darren Waller, I mean, since week one, he hasn't really been doing crazy good. You know, he's been okay, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where Kevin's team goes. I actually disagree
3: I think Lockett and Metcalf's value is just going to keep going up because Geno Smith in there loves to throw the ball deep. And, yeah, he's going to throw interceptions. But yeah. That doesn't hurt Lockett or Metcalf at all, and they're going to be racking yards and touchdowns. And they're probably going to be behind most
2: games, so they're just going to be getting all those yards and touchdowns now. That is that is a good point. That is a very good point. I just I want to see more Geno. I'm scared that he's just going to be absolute trash. Yeah. Although he was lighting it up, honestly, and he looked probably –
0: that is Russell Wilson to be honest on Thursday yeah yeah I, as the DK Metcalf uh, holder I, I would not be upset if Gino continues to throw it to the big man because that's what I would do if I was you know getting rushed by NFL players and I had one big target <laughs> to throw to but we'll see Sam we know you're a big fan of Michael and the Milwaukee you know so you were probably pretty stoked about this win right
1: uh, I'd say that uh, Michael has peaked. And Michael's washed. Back to you, Alec. Oh, okay. Yeah, I He's guess fraud. you've heard John it here first.
0: He's a fraud. Yeah. He's overrated. He's gonna a lose. The that's
1: overrated on Michael's team is Michael. That's all I got to say. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll move into the guest stars matchup. We had Hammer Time with a close win, one hundred four to eighty nine, over Auto Draft hurts. Perhaps the biggest fraud in the league, Hammer Time, picks up his fourth win, though he didn't have to play you know, one of the top few scoring teams of the week to do it where he would have lost. But, Nate, how are you feeling about your team after this week?
3: Well, you know, I can't complain too much because I didn't draft them. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I love DJ Moore. I love Dalvin Cook when he's on the field. Um, I love not really having to worry about a quarterback. Hurts or Prescott are going to get it done every single week, so that's nice. And I was pretty lucky this week picking up that Sanjay Perrine guy, Samaj Samaj
2: P. Ryan. Yeah,
3: I don't know how to say his name. I just saw Mixon wasn't at 100%, and I was like, he'll maybe get a couple touches, let's throw him in there, and he got me 16 points. So I was like, can't complain, you know.
0: True. I was was a little mad at Calvin
3: Ridley, though, because his dumb butt wouldn't go play in London, but...
0: Yeah, some personal issues, and now he goes straight to the bye week, so no Ridley for two weeks.
3: I mean, he hasn't been doing much.
0: But. Yeah, maybe that'll be a good reset on his season, though. I've, I've seen his uh, upcoming strength of schedule against wide receivers, and it's looking pretty nice. I think it's, like, top two out of uh, every team. So that could be a good good way for Calvin Ridley to come back off the bye, hopefully fully healthy and rested. Um, and
3: not wanting to be traded.
0: And I mean... <laughs> It wouldn't hurt if he got traded to a better team, I would think, but
3: Yeah, but it'd just be chemistry issues and just learning a new system and all that. That's true. It just once he kinda of decides Atlanta's where the spot he wants to be, he'll definitely start playing better again.
0: Yeah. Hopefully Matt Ryan can uh have his limp arm get the ball a little further. Yeah. Seems like he can only get at the tight ends these days, but maybe not. He can only check it down the Cordero Patterson. That's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Wine, what did you think about the biggest fraud in the league getting his uh, fourth win?
2: Well, Dylan, I still have to believe that he is a fraud. Just because, I mean, his points four is bottom half of the league. I mean, it's by far the lowest of any playoff team right now. But, I mean, he's still, Jamar Chase has been amazing for him this year. And Kyler had a slow game. But other than that, I don't know.
1: He's a fraud.
0: Major fraud, yeah. Wine, or Sam, do you disagree at all with the fraud status?
1: No, I think the fraudulent levels are very high with this one. Um, But going back to Nate's team, uh, I do respect the Michael Carter. Uh, He's been doing uh, fairly better. So I think uh, hopefully that will continue. Uh, We shall see after the bye week.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and I do think it's good that Dylan finally stopped playing Odell Beckham because he has not looked great, and they don't throw the ball enough for him to be sustained in this offense somehow, even though Jarvis Landry does well when he's alone there. It's just not not good for Odell, and it's good that Dylan has backups to to put in and can get solid productivity, although he didn't get much out of Cooks this week, so that's a bit worrisome considering his wide receivers are supposed to be his strongest with uh, with the uh,
1: Brandon Cooks for uh, Miles Sanders, that was a potential trade that did not happen.
0: Oh, wow, that's kind of yeah. spicy. Yeah, I mean, if ta- if Tarad Taylor was still in there, that would probably be a pretty good trade. For Davis Sam. Mills
3: was lights out this week, though,
0: but not to Brandon Cooks, unfortunately, which seems no, like. No. It wouldn't make any sense, but somehow he's thrown it to every other person who has the player number between 11 and 19 that's not brand Cooks. One's against
2: New England, though, and they always like to kind of shut down their best player, which was
0: Cooks. True, but I think it's two bad weeks in a row for Cooks. Oh, yeah, no,
2: no, yeah, it's two in a row.
0: Although one was against Buffalo.
2: But then before that was Buffalo, so... But now he's
0: got Indianapolis and Arizona and then the Rams.
2: So he just always has bad matches.
0: But, I mean, yeah, I would think he'd have... One good game in the next
2: few weeks. I could
0: be Yeah. All right, moving on to the undefeated one, Hugh Janus, with a big victory again, putting up 139 points on Babes for Days, who put up 97. Olsen moves to 5-0, and o, Carson to 2-3. and three. Olsen's just getting it done at almost every position. He may be playing the wrong guys, but boy, does he get hyped when his players go off. I've never seen a more invested head coach outside of maybe Dan Campbell crying this week. That's how much Olsen cares about his boys. So, <laughs> Wine, well, what did you think about the benching of Amari Cooper once again this week?
2: I don't know why he keeps doing it. Amari Cooper is a good wide receiver. How could you start Tyler Boyd over him? I I don't know. I don't know. If, I, if I'm him, I'm starting Amari Cooper at least in the flex every week.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: but you know what? It doesn't matter. He's literally five and zero. He's on, puts up the most points in the league. Like I am, like the worst team in the league, so I can't really talk trash too much. But I still will. <laughs> I, I am also though surprised. You know, Dawson Knox continues to still be very good. And like I had, I mean, any of the podcasts, those things. I mean, they never even mentioned him as a name at tight end. He's just come out of nowhere and become top five tight end, it's just crazy, yeah. of course Olsen picked him up, you know, because of his luck, but whatever, you mean genius, <laughs> no, <laughs> he probably didn't even know who he was,
0: self-proclaimed I mean, he was genius, Nick Olsen, Nate, what do you think about uh, Olsen's season so far, and maybe this week specifically, too,
3: yeah, Olsen is just, he's out, I mean, he's 5-0, and 0. like, we can't bash his team so hard, too hard, because, like, even if he is benching good players, he keeps winning. But like this week, like obviously Thielen didn't get any catches till the fourth quarter, which is not very usual. That probably won't happen again for him. So I'm not surprised if he will put up more than 140 a week, honestly. And then Carson's team starting Daniel Jones, like in general, even though he got hurt, is just not something I, I would do.
0: Although he almost scored as many as. Sam Darnold, who played the entire game, to be fair. That is,
2: that is true, yep, that is true. <laughs> it,
0: ain't, it ain't easy out there. Yeah. Sam, are you, uh, do you still think Olsen's team is a fraud like John did, or are you, uh, are you believing in the 5-0 and and maybe uh, some more wins in the next few weeks? Well,
1: they said the Titanic was unsinkable, so <laughs> I think uh, this team... Uh, could face some uh, adversity in the future. Dawson Knox, I don't know if he can maintain it every single week, so we shall see and I mean, this head coach, he's putting in Tyler Boyd and he's like, get out there and tell Namari Cooper to sit down, like, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? So I think eventually he shall face his match so far he's gotten kind of lucky just because of Daniel Jones uh, getting hurt and Clyde Edwards Hilaire was like toppled Um, (laughs) so we
0: shall see you're not wrong there. Yeah, Olsen uh, keeps winning, but on to another team with an impressive performance. It's shooting for teams, dropping 141 on the Tate Ballers, 106. Both teams move to 2-3. and three. Brent's been really consistent, and uh, I've been pretty impressed by it so far. Nate, what do you think about the shooting for teams?
3: Oh, I mean, you got to love Brent. Like, the kid is just a living legend. So, anything he does is the right move, no matter what. Even if he, like, benches Derrick Henry, it's got to be the right move. Derrick Henry isn't going to play well that week. Like, the kid is – he's a genius. He's a visionary. So, having Derrick Henry and Kareem Hunt, because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that split backfield is just electric. It doesn't matter which one you have. They're both going to put up points. And then Robert Woods came out of nowhere and – He's been putting up 10 points a week this year, and then he comes out and drops 21, and it's like, where did that come from? And that's just sticking with your guy, Brent, and I respect that, you know? It's like staying, sticking to his guns, and that's just the kind of guy Brent is. And then playing against Brian, and then Brian's used Miles Gaskin. He's been stringing him along every week, no production. And then he's like, I'm sick of him. Let's bench him. And then Miles Gaskin, <laughs> had 21 points in like the first half or something like that. <laughs>
0: Yikes. Yeah. Well, Brian could definitely use Christian McCaffrey back. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Brent, talk about sticking to his guns, plays the perfect lineup despite being down on his own coaching when he came on the show. That's That takes some some cajones there. I'm impressed by Brent uh, playing the right lineup and just, you know, putting in the right pieces when he needs to. Why? And did you think this was a, a big win for Brent or is this more of a an aberration, and he's going to go back to losing some tough games soon.
2: No, I definitely think this is a big win for Brent. I think his team is definitely much better than his record shows. I mean, points four wise he's, he's up there with the best of them so far this year. And can I just say, I did not realize until now, like there's a lot of high-scoring games this week overall. They got a lot of 130 and plus. So, very impressive overall. But Derrick Henry is amazing. Justin Jefferson looked really good. In person even without any touchdowns so and Marquise Brown has been the surprise I think uh, part of his team I don't think many people were too high on him coming into this year but he's just been pretty consistently putting up big numbers so I expect this to be a, a launch pad for Brent's team to take off and get some more wins.
3: Brent also has the greatest wide receiver of all time which is Cole
0: Beasley, who's oh. been on my team for many years. <laughs> true. That's true. True, Nate is a Cole Beasley guy. He's just the greatest, and he's a great rapper. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> Sam, did you have any thoughts here on uh, on anything to close us out? Maybe Brian's uh, struggles? Uh,
1: yeah, I think Nate already mentioned it, but uh, I think Brent, uh, in all of his mercy, put in the Dolphins' defense. Uh, to score two points less and then Brian reciprocated by not putting in Miles Gaskin so it's uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say that's fair but you know um, that's what happens uh, Christian McCaffrey's coming back so don't worry Brian um, but thanks Brent for covering um, for my uh, parlay last week
0: oh boy
3: another thing that seems to be hurting Brian is that James Conner in Arizona seems to be emerging as that leading back and Chase Edmonds his value is just going to keep going down it seems like
0: True, yeah. He had a fumble, and he was questionable to even play in the game. And all of a sudden, James Conner just scoring tutties left and right. He already has five this season, so pretty crazy. All right, jumping right into the waiver wire section quickly. We did have a bunch of pickups that uh, cost points this week. But we'll start out last week on Friday where we had Nick Olson using 24 of his WAB to get Jarvis Landry, who no one else bid on. Um, Olsen said it was going to help him a ton, I think week 7, he said, when when he has a lot of bye weeks. So we'll see how that plays out long term for him. It would be um, somewhat humorous if Jarvis Landry was still out week 7 and Olsen had to drop him to pick up someone else. But I'm sure that won't happen. We won't worry about that. Wow. Yeah, moving into the big waiver wire pickups of today, we had Nate finally dropping some of that WAB, getting Devante Booker for 20 points. I like it. Wine, uh, low on WAB, couldn't get his handcuff in time. Nate, were you uh were you proud of that, that bid? Was that like a specific number or you just thought you'd get him with that?
3: Well, no, I saw Wine had Saquon, so I knew he was going to be bidding for him. But I've seen Wine's name on the waivers quite a few times. So I'm like, he probably won't hedge all of his money on this one player. So I was like, if I go like 20, I should
2: get him. And I did. So I was happy. That's fair. Yeah, I I didn't put any. I just like, <laughs> I have no more web, basically. And I was like, if I didn't have Damian Williams, see, having Damian Williams was like, okay, at least I do have two starting running backs still. Yeah, I can maybe survive. So that was kind of my thought. I was like, I just I need to take a break for a few weeks on the WAB.
0: Yeah, and the news came out pretty good on Saquon. They think he might only be out for maybe a couple weeks with a a lower ankle sprain. It's like
2: two to three. So
0: yeah, not too bad. Other big WAB we had Carson, who lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to the IR. Pick up his backup. Daryl Williams for 30 wab. I think a lot of people bid on that one. I think the bids ranged from like seven to 20 some. So it was good for Carson to get that. He definitely needs it in order to keep filling up his lineup with, with reasonable starters. So
1: I put in seven.
0: I think I put in like eight. So
1: fuck.
0: Yeah. Sam was never going to get him. And I think other people put in 10 and 20, uh, if I, I recall. I I got like
1: 20, 25 on him.
0: I think so, Errol. I think there was some, yeah.
1: So you're saying like 10 people would have to like, not have bid <laughs> for you to get I it, think,
0: yeah. yeah, there were probably five or six people that bid more than you, Sam.
1: All right, well. Next time, you we were close. I'm going $8.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just go through in the order that they processed. Well, no, I'll go through by, uh, by WAB points. We also had Nate getting Kadarius Tony for eight points. I definitely had like that pick up a lot. I would have been bidding on him myself if I didn't need to pick up a third tight end this week. So I like to pick up a lot for Nate.
2: Yeah, yeah, he looked really good. It was mainly
3: just Calvin Ridley going into his bye week, and I'm just so sick of Alan Robinson that I just
2: needed someone new to freshen it up. That's
1: fair. He's he's sus.
0: Yeah. But
2: no more me, Cole. He's been elite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Mikkel's actually been pretty decent in terms of yardage, but that's not, true. That's true. not someone you'd like to play if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we had Alexander Madison going to Autodraft Hertz as well, Nate's third big pickup with Dalvin Cook being in and out the last few weeks. I think that's big. Madison's been an RB1 every time he's filled in for Cook this year, which is twice, so that's pretty good. And I then, think it's
2: smart, honestly, to probably keep him just because Cook likes to get injured a lot. Yeah, I just need that hand you know?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I see. Definitely. Um, Michael spending five on them Cowboys who play against his own Patriots this week, so I'm kind of shocked that Michael would want to play the Dallas Cowboys defense. But when Trayvon Diggs has six picks in five games, there seems to be... Uh, some expectations that they'll get a turnover in this game, I think, from Michael. I,
3: th- I think I saw something. It was like the Cowboys have two-plus turnovers in their last nine
2: straight games or something. Yeah, it's crazy.
3: Crazy.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: They give up a lot of yards still, but yeah, they just they always turn people over. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, true that. Uh, and then we had the Wet Amy's getting their third tight end, Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. for one WAB. Thankfully, because Carson also bid one WAB, and we had the tiebreaker since he already picked up Daryl Williams. So,
1: what
0: third tight end on the roster for the wedding? He's very happy about that. Not I
1: bet that feels great. Feels awful. Are I couldn't
0: on- couldn't bid on any of the other big players because I needed to get a third tight end. So, are you
1: planning on like superflex or something? Are you like? Uh, well, like-
0: no. Gronk is good. No. He's hurt. Pitts is good. He's on bye, and so I you need someone a to play. Pitt.
2: <laughs> I saw that. I was like, "Oh no!"
0: I bet Alec loves having three tight ends. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm hoarding the tight ends. That's the plan. Uh, and then we had Kevin getting his Russell Wilson replacement. It looks like with Trevor Lawrence, even though he has Fields, Lawrence has been scoring more points, running in touchdowns, and he's in jolly old London this week playing against the Dolphins, who got lit up by the Bucks.
1: So it's getting better.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> Some crumpets in your tea. Am I right?
1: Oh, oh tea, tea biscuit, uh, Champions League.
0: <laughs> and then we had uh, Nate, another pickup, getting Ryan Suckup with the Young Hoku going on by. Makes sense. Uh, and yeah. then Carson picking up Zach Ertz because he didn't get Hunter Henry. That's probably who I would have had to get if I didn't get Hunter Henry. Dylan with Khalil Herbert. Um,
3: oh, that's a great pickup.
0: Huh? Yeah. yeah.
3: I was watching oh, that Khalil. I was watching that Bears game and he was looking really good. I think he had like eighteen touches for like eighty yards or something like that. I can't remember. I think
0: so. Yeah.
3: And but like he, Damian Williams is clearly the better back. So no, better. yeah. It's not him. No, oh, wow. Damian Williams definitely yeah. the lead back right now, but like Khalil Herbert as like if he's struggling for running backs is like still, option. Still
2: spooky though. It's still spooky. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely a good option for Dylan with his limitations at running back so far this year. And with uh, Elijah Mitchell going on by, so he kind of needed somebody. Uh, and then Olsen picking up Amon Ra St. Brown, who's been getting more and more targets and yards the last few weeks. Seems fair. Although with Jarvis Landry, I don't know why you would need Amon Ra St. Brown, but whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and then Brian picking up Jeff Wilson... When we don't have an IR spot, is kind of interesting. I've heard he's not supposed to be back now until late November in a month and a half. So maybe Brian's got a strategy there. I'm not really sure.
2: Yeah, he's
3: just going to have Jeff Wilson keep Gaskin company on the bench for a while.
0: Oh, no, Gaskin's in the starting lineup, I think, this week, baby. We're going all gas, no breaks.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that'll do it, but a big waiver wire. I'm I'm glad some teams are getting aggressive. I think uh this was a good week to go go get your Daryl Williams, your Devontae Booker, Kadarius Tony, you know it's that's that's big for these middle weeks where you gotta find a way to get some wins with all the buys and stuff. So Alright, and now as always, it has become tradition to have our guest bring us some power rankings of their own choosing. So without further ado, we'll have Nate go uh, twelve to one. Hard to, uh, you know, top Johns from last week, but we'll see what Nate has in store.
3: Alrighty. so at number twelve, I actually have myself.
0: Whoa! Because
3: um, like DJ Moore and then Jalen Hurts and Prescott, they're they've been doing well, but it's just Dalvin the injury. It's a tough bounce, and then Calvin Ridley's washed. He's fucking terrible. <laughs>
0: I've heard it's not the worst thing ever to be ranked last based on the name of this podcast and what happened last year. So, better than being 11th, in my opinion.
3: Yep. And then coming in at number 11, we got Jake Wine. Oh, and no. Handyman. no and because I do love Daryl Henderson. I was actually trying to trade for him last week. It's true. But um, I love him as well. Yep. And, and that Cooper Cup, he's great, you know. He had one tough week this week, but... You can't complain too much. And then Saquon, that's another tough bounce. And since I scooped up his backup, Wine can be a little hurting, a little worse for wear. But that's why I got Wine at 11. I deserve it, though. And then at number 10, I got Kevin.
0: Oh, Uh, Payne. I
3: got Kevin at 10. Like Chubb and Najee, that's that's a strong running back duo. But Payne, it's the most accurate team name out there. It's just... It's just, I feel so bad for him. There's nothing really else I can say. Like, it's just pain at this point. And coming in at number nine, I have Brian. Oh. Lamar, Deontay Johnson, those are great players for his team. I feel like they're going to keep putting up points, especially with uh, Juju getting hurt this week. Deontay Johnson value is just going to go up even more. And McCaffrey coming back pretty soon, I think. That's going to help him out a lot, but. He can't set a lineup to save his life. That's really shooting him in the knee right now. So.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then coming at number eight, I've got John. Oh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> like, Devonta Adams, great. Stefan Diggs, he should be great, but he's not playing that well this year. He, he hasn't put up more than, I think, 13. They're spreading the
2: ball here. a lot more. In-
3: yeah, yeah. So Diggs should be that guy, but he just hasn't really appeared to be so far. And then that Montgomery, that injury is a tough bounce for his team as well because Wine was they pick up the backup. And then yeah, it's just tough. But I think John does have pretty good depth on his team, so he'll be all right. But I just have him at number eight right now. Mike Williams yeah. has been good. Yep. At number seven, I have Carson. Ooh. Because I I love Austin Eckler, I love Mike Williams. Like if you throw to a six five wide receiver, the guy's got to catch the ball. You know that's just and you got Timmy Brady throwing it to him. Like come on, injuries injuries are going to hurt in Carson though. Coming forward these weeks, he was able to make a couple waiver wire moves, but injuries are really going to be his downfall. I think that's why I got him at number seven. And then I got Big Brenty at number six. Oh yeah. He, He's number one in the hearts, but on the power rankings, he's number six because Derrick Henry, beast, Justin Jefferson, phenomenal, Hollywood Brown, another great week. He's just electric, and he's got Cole Beasley on his team. Like I was saying earlier, the greatest <laughs> wide receiver to ever play the game, so he's just phenomenal. There's nothing else i can say. Brent's got Brent's got an amazing team. That's why he's at 6 right now.
0: Yeah, Brent's a dog and he's got a team full of dogs on his team. Exactly. A bunch of fighters.
3: Exactly. At number 5, I've got Sam Lee. Oh. Um t- Timmy Brady. Phenomenal. Like he's the GOAT. you can't go wrong. Zeke, he's really he's really playing well. I think he had two touchdowns in the previous week and then he caught one this week, which was good. Um Carson Chris Carson he's a great running back I think he's coming back next week and he's questionable to play this week I think I saw
2: yeah
3: I think I saw so he's a great running back he doesn't get enough credit for what he does so Samstein is
2: really solid so other than no fan
3: true so. <laughs> no fans garbage yeah, <laughs> yeah. what at, what <laughs> at, at number four I've actually got Michael because I am actually on the just oh, you know I'm on the Justin herbert train. Like Herbert's I a beast do, he's he's phenomenal, and kamara he had a great week this past week, and he's just out Kamara. You can't complain and mixon he's he's good like he's putting up fifteen to eighteen points a week roughly, so that's very consistent out of your r b two You can't be upset about that the the one thing Michael does struggle with is depth, so if some of those guys start getting injured like mixon. Did play this past week, but I don't think he's at 100% yet. So if Mixon takes a turn for the worst, Michael is really going to start hurting a lot for his team.
0: His wide receivers are quite shaky, too. His bench guys are Shepard and Curtis Samuel and Michael Gallup, who have either all been (laughs) injured or not playing much the last, like, four weeks. Yeah.
2: And Higgins hasn't been playing much. I don't think Chase Claypool's done much this year that I've seen.
0: The last couple weeks he's been good, but yeah. Yeah,
2: okay. At, yeah. At number three I've
0: got Dylan. Ooh the, Fraud. 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 Murray. He's great. Travis
3: Kelsey. You can't you can't really say too much bad stuff about Kelsey. And those are actually the only two good notes I have about his team. The rest of his team I'm not too impressed with. And he has the second or third lowest points against this year. Just his team is keeps eking out wins, but once he plays people that aren't me and wine, and people are going to start putting up points against him. He's going to start losing. Well, yeah. he did lose when he played me. so it's true. Oh, That's true. You're yeah. a
0: he also yeah. has Jamar Chase, who's been quite good.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I can't really trust too many Bengals players because it's the Bengals.
0: They do bungle.
3: <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I got Dylan at three, even though he's got the second best record in the league right now. At number two, I've got you, Alec.
0: Oh,
3: Yep, Tyreek Hill, Metcalf. I think Metcalf is going to do even better than he has been because of that Geno that I was talking about earlier. Geno loves to air it out. And even if he's throwing picks, he's going to be throwing touchdowns. And big target. It's just going to be really good. You have fantastic depth on your team, which is something I'm kind of jealous of. It seems like all of your bench, I would gladly start in my starting lineup right now. <laughs> and then... Yeah, I think you have the best overall team
0: at Ooh. the time. I agree. Oh boy. Uh-oh. Danger.
3: At at number 1, I got I got the kid himself, Olsen. Like he's 5 and oh You you can't not put him at one when you're undefeated in fantasy like Josh Allen, Beast, Thielen in the red zone. Like he had hit a down week this week, but Thielen in the red zone was just phenomenal. Debo, who would have thought Debo's going to be a top five receiver this year? Like, you never would have guessed. And he's just also got a great depth on his team, even though he likes putting his good guys on the bench. It doesn't seem to be hurting him.
0: All that is true, yeah. yeah. Although no Debo this week, so. That is true. He is on a
3: bye, so that's that's a tough bounce, bud. Yeah. He's, got, he's got that Jarvis Landry to put in whenever he wants.
0: <laughs> well, you know. that's true. Yeah. Nice. Oh right, yeah, those 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 seem pretty fair. They're a lot, a uh, lot more reasonable than I think John's, but uh, a lot more, lot less fraud talk as well. Uh, interesting. Yeah. All right, let's get into the week six matchups. We'll start out with auto draft Hertz Nate at one and four versus Hugh Janus five and zero. Oh. In the last three years, Nate is undefeated in this head-to-head matchup in the regular season going 3-0. and uh, Olsen has won their two postseason matchups, which were both in the consolation bracket. So, those probably don't count anyways. Um, yeah, Nate, how are you feeling about this matchup?
3: You know, I I, I picked Olsen to win. Um, but that was before the waivers went through. But now with the waivers going through, I... I a little more confident, but I still have Olsen winning.
0: <laughs> that's definitely fair. I would say we've learned that confidence is key until you lose. So, yeah, um, yeah that's that's fair enough. Sam, are you going to pick an upset here, or are you going to go with the, the undefeated favorite?
1: Mm, it's really hard to go with the undefeated favorite, but I feel right now uh, Olson has the lineup that everyone else would put in. So I will give Olsen the edge. Yeah, that's fair enough. Why, are you going to keep the
0: sweep going?
2: I don't know. Olsen's got to lose eventually. <laughs> and I think it's this week. I'm a believer in Nate. I've always really liked his team this entire year. He's got Delvin, hopefully. Or at worst, Madison. And, you know, actually has a... I mean, Michael Carr's been pretty good, but Devontae Booker looked quite good in the starting role, and he will be the starting running back. I'm going to give him the slight win. Go, Nate. If, if, if Olsen had Mike Gesicki, though, you'd be in trouble. <laughs> he doesn't, so right. go Nate.
0: That's that's fair. Mike Gesicki is a big game-changer. Um, I, I you know wouldn't mind picking Nate, but I think the injury designations are going to be tough. Like, if Dalvin Cook plays some and Madison plays some, that's going to really just take all the points away from Nate. Uh, also, Allen Robinson still hasn't been doing great, whereas on... Olsen's side, I feel like the, the Bills are gonna shellack the Titans with Allen, Knox, and Bass putting up good weeks. That in combination with JT going up against Houston at home being like 10-point favorites for the, the Colts. Sounds like a lot of points to me. So I think even without Debo Samuel, I think Olson should be able to put up probably a, a good amount of points here. And I don't think Nate could match that unless he's got his full lineup with like Calvin Ridley who's on bye and Dalvin Cook, if he was fully healthy, would be a huge difference too. But Carolina, I think, is a good run, run stopping defense. So, um, I'm gonna go with with Olson to win this one. I think. And then moving into our second preview, we have the two and three Babes for Days against the two and three Tape Ballers. In the last three years, Brian has won two of the three regular season matchups and three of the four total matchups. Pretty solid. Wine, how do you see this one shaking out?
2: Well, um, Carson got his big pickup by the week, Darrell Williams, who's looked quite good when he's been out there for the Chiefs. So I think that's big for him. And Eckler has been awesome this year, especially of late. He's just been cooking with the entire Chargers offense. Uh, I think the big thing in this matchup, though, is if Christian McCaffrey plays. I think if Christian McCaffrey plays, I would pick Brian. But as of right now, he's like a 50-50 shot. So I'm going to give the win to Babes for days.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that McCaffrey is the most important part of this matchup. Um, That'll probably sway the victory in my opinion, but before we get to that, Nate, do you think that's the biggest key of this matchup? We know you like Austin Eckler, so how's he going to do this week?
2: No, I
3: think Austin Eckler is going to have another big week this week, and like Wine was saying, McCaffrey, that's kind of the live or die situation for Brian's team right now, but I'm actually still going to take Brian because his team does have a lot of tough matchups this week, but... You know, great defense just makes you play even better offense. So I just have a gut feeling, Brian. He's not going to shoot himself in the foot this week, and he's going to make it happen.
0: Yeah, fair enough. We've seen Deontay Johnson get some big touchdowns, but not nearly as many targets as he had early in the season. Sam, do you think Deontay Johnson will have a big week, or is he going to be low targets again and just try and make big plays out
1: of it? Uh, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle for Deontay Johnson on Sunday night um, just because Juju is out uh, with that shoulder injury um, against Seattle's defense. I read this morning that they are 30th in the league in terms of overall defense, which is pretty pitiful considering a couple of years ago they were the legion of boom. Um, So I think that Deontay Johnson, if he does get a big play, uh, that would be great. But I think... um, He will get uh, more target share just because Juju is out. Overall, I think uh, Carson's team is coming along, uh, but it's important to note that Austin Eckler and Mike Evans scored like 60% of his points last week. So um, I think Eckler can do it. I don't know if Evans can do it just because there's so many receivers there. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson has got an edge, and I think Miles Gaskin is going to be totaling T and crumpets under the bonnet. (laughs) <laughs> that morning in good old jolly England. So I will give the edge to Brian.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm in agreement on that one. I think McCaffrey is the the hinge point of this matchup, and I do think that he's going to play. And I think if he plays, he will play well, catching passes and uh, running the ball well against the Vikings, whose defense has not looked great. From what I was told in this preseason, that they would be you know top ten, especially in fantasy. So I think that'll give Brian the edge. And Lamar Jackson against the Chargers could be a very high-scoring matchup. All right, and now we get into the breakdown matchups where we'll lead it off with Tendyman Man breaking down Extra Lamb Sauce, who's now 3-2, and two, two-game losing streak, versus Payne, who is two and 2-3 and I believe also on a two-game losing streak. Uh, somebody's got to win here wine they're one and one in the last three years how do you see it going
2: all right yeah so starting at the quarterback position we have the goat tom brady against number one overall pick trevor lawrence uh, i think tom brady definitely has the upper hand in this matchup just because he's freaking tom brady and he's been amazing this year for sam's team and Trevor Lawrence, he's he's a, a lot better, I think, the last two weeks, but he's still, you know, he's still a rookie quarterback. He's going to make more mistakes, and I just don't think he's going to be able to outscore Tom Brady. So I give the edge to Sam in this one. Uh, moving on to the running backs, I think this is a really big, my, big, fun matchup. We have Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Carson versus Nick Chubb and Najee Harris, all four excellent running backs. Of course, the big concern is for Sam having Chris Carson um, with that weird neck injury. But I thought I read that he made really good progress over the weekend and that he's probably going to practice tomorrow. So that's very good because, I mean, without Russell Wilson, I think they're going to run the ball more potentially. Um, But Najee Harris, of course, is also going against him, and that means he's going against Seattle's god-awful defense. And they've, I mean, Najee and Chubb both are, have been amazing this year, but so has Zeke. I don't know. Overall, I think this is a really hard, like, especially if Chris Carson's playing to pick one, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Kevin just because of the matchups and the potential of Chris Carson not playing. Uh, Moving on to the wide receivers, we have Keenan Allen and, and CeeDee Lamb against Marvin Jones and Tyler Lockett. Earlier, I had said I thought maybe Tyler Lockett's value might decrease, but Nate did bring up a very good point that Geno loves to throw the ball deep, and also, they're probably going to be losing a lot more, so they're going to have to keep throwing it, so it it could actually potentially benefit Tyler Lockett. I think the benefit will probably go to DK more, just because he's the bigger wide receiver, bigger target, but... It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out with Geno Smith because, well, he's Geno Smith. So uh, We got the elite stack of Trevor Lawrence with Marvin Jones, so that's fun. But Marvin hasn't been doing so much lately. Um, on Sam's end, of course, we have Keenan Allen and CeeDee Lamb, who I believe Dylan Johnson um, likes them a bit. He's a great, big fan of these wide receivers, and he should be. C.D. does have to go against New England's defense, which could be a little tough. But, I mean, the Cowboys have been so good this year, I wouldn't worry too much. And I, He had a bounce-back week after his two-point performance. Keenan Allen's got Herbert thrown on the ball, so he's always good. I give the edge here to Sam. Moving on to the tight ends. Uh, oh, no fan, Yeah, he sucks. At <laughs> And at the flex, we get Cortland Sutton versus James Connor. Uh, James Connor has five touchdowns in the last three games and is really starting to take over that um, starting running back role in Arizona. Uh, Cleveland's defense is, well, I thought they were good, but then the Chargers put up 42 or 47 on them last week. So who knows what to say? And Arizona's undefeated. And I think James Connor is a really good flex play right here. But Corlin Sutton also has been good this year, so I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I think it's a toss-up just because um, Sutton's getting a lot of targets from Teddy, and he's got a good matchup against the Raiders. Um, moving on to the kickers and defense. They're kickers and defense. Who really cares? They'll score points, I'm sure. So overall, I picked Sam last week. I'm picking him again. Extra lamb sauce, you get the win. Congratulations.
0: Um, Well, it sounds like he's going to get the win more in spite of Noah Fant than because of Noah Fant. But, Sam, how do you feel about this this game this week?
1: By the end of the season, I'm reaching out to Noah Fant, and him and I are going to go to Jake's apartment, and we're going to drag him out in the middle of winter (laughs) and just shave his legs one more time. I'm I'm telling you. All this... No offense, slander. I can't handle it. But overall, um, I think it'll be a fun matchup. Uh, the Trevor Lawrence-Marvin Jones combo. I mean, these guys finish practice in honor of Urban Meyer by saying grind, and then they kind of put their hands up, so that's <laughs> really exciting. Um, and then he also he has uh, Rodrigo Berto uh, Blankenship, uh, who was hurt a little bit last week, but I think he'll be back. So overall, Kevin's team is always... Pretty good, so I'm gonna go with me. <laughs> 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 wow,
0: always a mix up there at the end. Never know what Sam's gonna go with. <laughs> Nate, are you gonna split the difference here? Who do you think's gonna win?
3: No, I I really do agree. I I have Sam pick because Kevin Kevin's team's just on a downhill slope lately, and I think that ball's just gonna keep picking up speed. And yeah, Sam. He's just got the better team. If you're starting Trevor Lawrence, you're trying to lose, in my opinion, so.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Poor poor Kevin. All right, well, you know what Kevin asks, and he shall receive. I'm picking Sam as well. No one picked Kevin. (laughs) It's a clean sweep for Sam, despite having Noah Fant, who's literally a garbage can in his tight end position. Um, Yeah, at least he's got Cortland Sutton there to get all the, the targets that Noah Fant wouldn't catch anyways, so. Yeah, big Broncos guy for Sam Lee and I would still kind of be surprised if Chris Carson is playing at full strength but Sam's got some some solid backup running backs with Sanders and Zach Moss mostly Zach Moss actually now that I look at it because Sanders plays Tampa on Thursday but yeah Zach Moss can definitely play if Chris Carson doesn't so I think Sam will win this
1: Noah fans could lose both of his arms and I would still play him
0: yeah that's not a good thing (laughs) <laughs> oh, the
1: Denver Broncos could have to start a wide receiver at
2: quarterback, and I bet you would still play him.
1: <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's 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 easy parlay.
0: Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> All right, we'll get into the second breakdown matchup. We have Sam Lee breaking down the three and two Milwaukee Unos versus the one and four Tendie Man In the last three years, Michaels won. Two, and Teddy Man has won one of these
1: games. Sam, break it down. All right. This week, I'm starting out with the running backs. So, what we have is uh, Williams and Henderson versus Milton and DeAndre Swift. Uh, I was looking at this earlier, and I kind of just thought that this was a wash because um, Damian Williams is facing Green Bay's defense, Uh, And Henderson, the Giants, uh, who have Mike Lennon, Uh, despite Mike Lennon's performance. uh, Is it Mike Lennon? Is that his name? Yes, it is. All right. Despite his performance, uh, that's only one guy. And uh, Kadarius Tony could easily make it WWE one more time. So uh, I think uh, between these four, I I think it's a wash, but I'll give the slight edge to Michael. Uh, going down the line to the wide receivers, we have Cooper Cup versus Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin, uh, like I was talking about with Mike Evans earlier, there's just so many wide receivers that you don't know which one is going to do well. I doubt that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will score 45 as much as I would like that. Um, so I will give the edge to Cooper Cup, uh, despite Robert Woods doing better um, for Brent. Uh, And then we get to T. Higgins versus A.J. Brown. I think this A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill stack could work out, um, but it is against Buffalo. Uh, So I I have concerns there. I feel like if Jake wants to win this game, it's going to have to be uh, that Monday night one right there just to kind of add some more stress. Um, But right now I'll give A.J. Brown the edge over T. Higgins. As much as uh, Jake likes to knock my tight end, we will not say his name one more time. But I'm going to say that Dalton Schultz is better than Higby here. Uh, Schultz is part of a powerhouse offense, even though uh, the Patriots have had a pretty good defense so far. Uh, I think uh, the Cowboys can hold their own and they'll throw to him either in the end zone or for long gains, um, which they often do going to the flex spot chase claypool is going to get more looks just because juju is out and uh there's tim patrick i'll give the edge to chase claypool kickers and defenses uh i don't know last time the panthers faced the vikings uh jeremy chin had a pick six that seemed pretty easy so i don't know maybe uh i'll give the edge to jake uh just based off of tradition so overall i think uh Oh, I didn't even mention Justin Herbert, which is crazy. Um, I think Justin Herbert's going to be part of a high-scoring game. Um, But I think uh, Tannehill and A.J. Brown, should they do well, will give Jake the edge, and it will not be the Milwaukee Unos. It will be the Milwaukee uh, (laughs) Oh-Nos this weekend. I'm taking Jake. Oh, boy.
0: Well, I think we should take that with a grain of salt, because I don't think Sam has ever picked Michael to win. Uh, that being said, Nate, what do you think about A.J. Brown this year, considering you had him his rookie year when he was a beast?
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of A.J. Brown because just a big body receiver. You can't go wrong with that, and he's got some speed to him. And I'm a big fan of Daryl Henderson and Cooper Cup on Wine's team, so I'm giving Wine the win as well this week. Even though I'm a, I am do like Mixon and Swift on Michael's team and Herbert's a beast, I just I got to go with Wine.
0: Oh, boy. Wine, we know how well it works out when you pick your own team to win. How do you feel this week?
2: Oh, you know, it's great. But, no, I, but Tannehill and AJ Brown it's been frustrating. I was pretty excited when I drafted them as a combo. I thought they were going to be pretty good. And AJ Brown is still getting the targets that I like to see. He's just not getting all the catches. And the big problem is they keep now, lately, they just keep getting up by so much that they just run it to Derrick Henry a ton. So my hope is against the, even though it's a tough Bills defense, is that they'll be behind the entire game, so they will have to actually throw it. So, But I still, I mean, I was confident last week, and I finally picked myself to win, and I lost by 84. So never doing that again. Congrats, Michael. You're getting the win.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I have to go with Michael winning this one. Um, Mixon and Swift. One of them will be on the field the whole time since they're playing against each other. That sounds like points. Herbert against Baltimore should also be a ton of points. And then yeah, Tannehill and Brown against Buffalo. I mean, I know I have Buffalo's defense, but regardless, I think they've been shutting people down pretty well. And Tredavious White on AJ Brown maybe the whole night, especially if Julio Jones isn't playing. That sounds like trouble. I think they'll have to run Derrick Henry a lot just to keep the Bills defense honest and it might be tough sledding for the, the Tennessee defense or the Tennessee offense in this game. So I think Michael should be able to win and uh, wine might be in the basement at one and five after this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. For our second to last matchup, we have Nate breaking down the three and two wet Amys versus the two and three curse of First. John last week had the boldness to rank himself number one in the power rankings and backed it up by scoring the most points last week. Uh, the Wet Amys have won two of the last three regular season matchups, but John has won the two playoff matchups in the last three years, and they were actually in the real playoffs. So, Nate, how do you see this one breaking down?
3: So, I'll start, I'll start out with the quarterbacks. You got Mahomes and Rodgers, two top five quarterbacks in the league right now. You got Mahomes against Washington, and Washington pretty much only has a good pass rush. Their coverage is just horrendous. So with people weapons like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Pringle, Hardman, all those guys, it's he's gonna be lighting it up. And then Rogers going against that Bears D I, I'm actually still a big fan of the Bears D because they they have been winning a couple games and they have been losing a couple games, but They haven't been getting blown out of the water lately. It's not like they've been letting up 30 points. So I've got Mahomes for Alec at this quarterback position. And then you go down to the running backs, Robinson and Gibson for Alec against Fournette and Pollard for John. And just Tony Pollard is a very solid running back, but starting a backup running back is just never somewhere you really want to be. And Fournette, he's... He's really found his spot in Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay is Tom Brady's team, and Tom Brady throws the ball. So Robinson against Miami in London is looking pretty good, <laughs> and I I I love Gibson. I think he's just a phenomenal bag. He had two touchdowns last week, and I, w- I would expect him to do really well again this week. So I'm going to give the running back matchup to Alec. Then I move on down to the wide receivers where it gets really spicy because you got four of the best wide receivers in the league here. Alec has Tyree kill and Metcalf, and John has Stefan Diggs and Devonte adams and right now fantasy wise Tyree kill is in my opinion the best wide receiver for fantasy in the league going against Devonte Adams, who is just the best wide receiver in the league in my opinion and They both are just point factories. They're just phenomenal. And then you got Metcalf, which Wine was talking about Lockett earlier, and the whole Geno Smith situation at quarterback. But I really do think that's going to benefit these Seattle receivers in fantasy going against Diggs, who's had a really slow start. But I think this is going to be his week picking it up against Tennessee. And Tyreek Hill did struggle a little bit this past week against the Bills. So I'm actually taking – Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs over Tyree Kill and Metcalf this week. Because with Geno, you just you just don't know. I think he's going to do well, but you just can't be too sure. Because Geno Smith is a loose cannon. <laughs> and you got the tight end matchup, which isn't really a matchup in my opinion. Like, you got Mark Andrews for John. An electric week, probably one of the best weeks of his career this past week boasting I think what was it 30 fantasy points I think it was like 37 36 36, 36 fantasy points like that is unheard of from a tight end like I don't think anyone's had that many since like Antonio Gates in 2012 or something like that (laughs) and then going against Hunter Henry which no disrespect to Hunter Henry he's a great tight end he had many good years on the chargers and he's really picked it up now for the for the Patriots he seems to be a, a really happy target but just it's Mark Andrews he's He's phenomenal, And Lamar Jackson is looking like old-school, old, old school, real MVP Lamar Jackson, not the Lamar Jackson we're seeing the first couple weeks. So I got to give that matchup to John. And in the flex position, we got two wide receivers, Mike Williams for John going against Emmanuel Sanders for Alec. And a couple of weeks ago, if you would have asked me if Emmanuel Sanders was still in the league, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I didn't even know this guy was still alive. But he is alive and he is thriving on the Bills. He is just a point factory this year. I think he caught like a 40-yard touchdown in the matchup last week against the Chiefs, and he's just phenomenal. And Mike Williams, that guy, I don't know if anyone else would have guessed what he would have been able to do this year, but holy crap, the guy just puts up points. He did have one bad week against Vegas, but I'm pretty sure he got hurt that week, so you can't really blame him too much for that. And so I got to give the flex position to John because Mike Williams is, it seems to be Herbert's favorite target. He's pretty much neglecting Keenan Allen nowadays and just tunnel visioning Mike Williams. And then you get down to the kicker, which who really cares? Unless (laughs) you're (laughs) Paco, because kickers are the toughest. And you got Butker, who he's going to score you maybe four. To six points a week because he's just kicking extra points. He's not really going to be kicking field goals in my opinion this week against Washington because Kansas City is going to be able to do pretty much whatever they want against that Washington D. And then you got McLaughlin for Alec. Um, he's he's a Cleveland kicker which. I mean, it's the Browns. They are good now, but it's still the Browns. But they're going against Arizona, which I think is going to be a crazy high-scoring game. I think that's a good kicker for Alec this week because the Browns sometimes do struggle in the red zone, even with that powerhouse running back duo of Chubb and Hunt. So I can see him kicking a couple field goals for him. And so i got to give the kicker to Alec. And then defense, that Bill's defense looked – impressive last week against the Chiefs offense and then John has that steely defense against Seattle two two pretty good defenses with two tough tough matchups I think Pittsburgh has a little easier matchup than the Bills do and I think Derrick Henry is gonna have a field day on that Bills front four I'm not gonna lie the Bills secondary is phenomenal but It seemed like when Kansas City tried to run the ball last week against the Bills, they were able to, willingly. And with a caliber player like King Henry, he's just going to be able to do whatever he wants. And then you got that Steelers defense, which hasn't been as impressive as it was last year, but it's still a solid defense. Going against Geno Smith, who is guaranteed at least one pick this game, I'd put money on it. So that's going to be points. So I'm actually going to give the defense to, to John And I don't really know who's going to win because I think it's going to be really close at the end of the week. But I think I'm actually going to give the edge to John this week just because Mike Williams, Mark Andrews, Diggs, Adams, they're just phenomenal players. And I expect them to put up a lot of points this week, even if he does struggle at the running back position.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely agree with, I think almost all the sentiments you had there but I'll I'll see if Sam wants to you know add anything onto his analysis and see if he wants to pick maybe against you or or not.
1: Uh well, this is a battle of the stacks like uh, Nate was talking about. Um and not like last week Alec is not tempted to uh, put in uh, someone's backup <laughs> running back in their face. Uh, <laughs> so there's no no risk really. Comparatively, in this one, um, Alex Collins can stay on the bench. But I think uh, in that flex spot, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders or Antonio Brown. I mean, Alec, you've got to be thinking about Antonio Brown at least a little bit. Come on,
0: I am, but I've been told by my my genius of a man co owner um, that Sanders is the play this week, and I haven't trusted him the past few weeks, and he's been right. So unless he changes his mind, I think I'm going to let him let him ride. It is a well, tough yeah. tough choice, though.
1: You know, after that, hearing that, I I definitely agree with the man upstairs. Uh, he's a absolute killer when it comes to hot takes, as long as he doesn't guarantee them. So I will uh, take that into consideration. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the team that gives me the most nostalgia because I see Hunter Henry and I think only good things. So I'm giving Alec the edge. Oh, boy. Wine, it's your chance to break the tie here.
0: Who do you think is going to win?
2: Well, you think after John, you know, absolutely shellacked me that I would pick him. <laughs> but you, Alec, you put up a lot of points as well last week. And you've been really putting up a lot, of feel like, the last two weeks. Two or three, I don't know. Like two. And yeah. so I, I, I really see... I, I don't know. I just... I have a gut feeling that you're going to pull it out. And I honestly, after that shellacking, I hope you do (laughs) win.
0: Because
2: that was rude of John.
0: Yeah, thanks, James
2: James Robinson, he's gotten at least 20 points in three weeks straight now. He's been looking incredibly good. Miami sucks. He's in jolly old London, (laughs) as they say. So I think he's going to go off. And Antonio Gibson is just, well, really good. So I think that edge at the running back position... Although John is, of course, has a lot of good other players. So do you. So, I don't know. I think that edge at running back is going to give you the win.
0: Yeah, I I do agree I have the edge at running back and probably quarterback in terms of fantasy output, at least. But I think the receivers and the flex and the tight end might be my undoing. I also, I like McLaughlin. He's a good kicker, but... Cleveland keeps going for it on stupid like fourth and fives in the first half of the game when they're like winning when they could kick field goals which has been super frustrating especially when they don't get it um so yeah I mean it's possible I don't even play McLaughlin just because of that I think they'll need to score points against Arizona where they'll just be going for it on fourth down which is um possibly frustrating so might be looking into that but Yeah, I think Mike Williams and Stephon Diggs is due for a huge game. So even if they spread the ball around, I think there's, you know, a a slim chance that he doesn't get into the end zone this week against that terrible Tennessee secondary. And Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. So I'm going to give John the edge here, keep it a 2-2 tie. I also think Geno Smith is, you know, going to have to throw an interception. Otherwise, he shouldn't even be allowed on the field because that's who he is. But yeah, someone will probably just fall down and he'll accidentally throw the ball when they're breaking for the route, just like it was last week. So, John has the edge. Okay, here we go. Into the last preview of the week. We have the 4-1 and one hammer time versus 2-3 and three shooting for teams. This is gonna be an astounding number, but in the last three years of regular season games, Hammer Time is five and O against shooting for teams. That should be illegal. What he's doing to Brent, and you know, I might have some numbers that'll say that that will stop this week. So, as we heard from John last week, Hammer Time is the biggest fraud team in the league, maybe ever. Um, he's he's hugely overrated, and Brent, I would say, is the opposite. He's hugely underrated. Dylan is 4-1 and one with just 524 points scored. He's also second in record, but ninth in overall total points. To put that in context, Dylan has the lowest points ever, in the last three years at least, for a 4-1 and one or better team out of the eight times that it's happened in the past four seasons since we moved to a half PPR format. He also has the second and third lowest points for a 4-1 and one team in those four years. In those four years, Dylan has been 4-1 and one to start every single season, but he's had the three lowest scores for 4-1 and one teams. That kind of tells you that Dylan may not, be, may not just be a fraud this year. He's a fraud every year because he has won zero championships in those four years. The one time he did win the championship, he started 3-2. and two, So maybe he should try that out for size. Um, In this actual game, Dylan has yet to set his lineup a bold move that we've seen his opponent, Brent, do on one occasion, where he then acted like he forgot to set it, and we didn't even, you know, care, because we obviously knew he was lying and gave him a negative 100 points. I don't expect Dylan to do that, but I would kind of enjoy it if he put in his players one at a time or right before their matchup started, because that would be kind of funny, but kind of risky i tried try to do my best of putting in who I think Dylan will start and then make up my own projections for how I think they'll do. So we have Burrow against Detroit and Kyler against Cleveland. I think Kyler's going to score more points here. I think that Cleveland game will be high scoring. So I think Kyler, something around 28 points to Burrow's 23, both with good matchups. But Kyler's got the running potential that he hasn't been able to do much recently. And I think you'll have to escape the pocket against the Cleveland front, front uh, line. And then we have the big advantage spot for Brent, where he has at running back Derek Henry and Kareem Hunt, both with pretty tough matchups. But I think both should be able to find the end zone the way they have been recently. Derek Henry last year put up a good fantasy game against Buffalo, but it was on just 17 carries for 55 yards, I believe. He was able to score two touchdowns and make it a good week, but it was very low clip. I think we could see something like that this week. So I have Henry and Hunt combining for 30 points. On the other side, Dylan has Damian Harris, who is battling a rib injury. And then his other options with Elijah Mitchell out are uh, Herbert and Hines. I am not sure which one he'll play. And with Harris rib injury, I guess he could have to play both. Um, I, I put them down for, you know, kind of seven points each. I, I don't really think it matters a whole ton who he plays. I feel like their, their runs will be limited. And it seems like, based on last week, Herbert's the better play. But, you know, with Hines matchup, not really sure who's going to do better there. But that's a big advantage spot for Brent. At wide receiver, Brent's actually been doing quite well recently with Robert Woods coming to life. And Justin Jefferson getting a lot more targets and yardage than he was earlier in the season. So I think Brent will slightly lose this matchup to DeAndre Hopkins and Jamar Chase, who both have strong matchups against Cleveland and Detroit. Chase just loves catching long touchdowns. I think he'll get another one here. So I think Dylan will just eke out a win, maybe like 31 to 29, I put, for the wide receivers. The big win spot for Dylan is going to be at tight end, where he has Travis Kelsey against the Washington footballs especially coming off a bad loss. I think the Chiefs will rebound in a bigly way, led by Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and you know Tyreek Hill, if they're all healthy enough, which I think they will be for the game. Brent has been struggling at tight end all year. He's been playing Robert Tunyon, even though he doesn't really do much. Since I'm up against Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I wouldn't mind if Tunyon had a good game, but I kind of doubt it, so I put him at a pretty low projection for this week based on what he's been doing. Um, Dylan, he could play Brandon Cooks. He could play Odell Beckham in, in the flex spot. I'm not really sure what he's going to do. But if he does decide to play Odell, who he seems to just love with all his heart, I put him down for a modest eight points. I think he's going to stay out of the end zone still. And if he does score a touchdown, you never know when he's going to do it. So it's tough to play him expecting much. Whereas Brent, in his flex spot, should be playing Hollywood Brown coming off a massive Monday night game. I think he's going to outscore Odell for sure. And then at kickers, we have the Big Gay against the New York Giants and Justin Tucker against the Chargers. I don't think Justin Tucker will be scoring many field goals because they'll have to keep up with the Chargers. So I think he'll probably get outscored by Matt Gay, who should be probably kicking more field goals against the Giants, who should be allowing a lot of yardage, but might be able to stop some touchdowns. And then at defense, the Dolphins finally have a good matchup against Jacksonville. So I put them down for actually a decent amount of points. I think they match up well with Jacksonville's wide receivers. And up against Trevor Lawrence instead of Tom Brady should be a huge difference. I know Brent's not going to play any other defense because he can't. It's impossible. So with the Dolphins D against the Broncos D who play against the Raiders, I think both defenses should do well. But overall, I'm going to give Brent the lead because I projected him to put up 121 over Dylan's 117. So I think it'll be a close one, but I have Brent just barely winning this one. Nate, how do you see this one going?
3: Yeah, I think this is going to be a good matchup, and it's really hard to predict, like you were saying, because Dylan's pulling the old Brent with not starting anyone. And But at the end of the day, Dylan's a fraud. So Brent has Cole Beasley. And that's all you need to win. And so I'm picking Brent.
0: Fair enough. Those are all good points. Wine, are you agreeing that Dylan is too much of a fraud to win this one? I completely agree. (laughs) Shooting for teams is going to
2: expose this man as I did two weeks ago. Oh, boy. Shooting for teams has been scoring a lot of points this year. I I mean, he's going to beat him by what looks like to be at least 105 points, Mm. which is crazy to see.
0: That is oh, a, no, a, a big he He's
2: got he's got Derek Henry and Kareem Hunt, which is just going to be a huge advantage for Brent. So I think Brent's gonna give it to him. All right, Sam is it gonna
0: be a fraud. Sam is it gonna be a clean sweep with Brent exposing the fraud, or are you picking the Hammer Time himself?
1: It's time for some rapid fire Brent analysis. Henry, Hunt, Brown. Yup. I'm taking Brent.
0: <laughs> Brent is a master of analysis when he was on our show. So I appreciate that. That callback. That was good. All right. That'll do it for the preview. All right. And for the final segment, as has become another tradition, we'll do our locks of the week. I am two and O. Wine is also two and O. And Sam is one and one. After Darnell Mooney failed to hit on the over for receiving yards. Not to be confused with the over on 48 receptions, which Wine thought that Sam was betting last week. Uh, So for this week, uh, actually, just to say what happened last week, John missed his Packers parlay. But Wine was able to hit Chargers minus two, and I was able to hit Rams minus two and a half on Thursday Night Football. So, Nate, you're our guest. What do you have for your picks this week?
3: So, I have a lock of the week. I have an upset, and I have a little bit of a teaser for you. So, my lock is the Rams covering against the Giants. I I think what I saw last was nine and a half points for the Rams, and I see them covering that no problem. Stafford is looking electric, and I think that's just got to be a lock. Those Rams winning by ten points seems like a no-brainer to me. And then for my upset... You have the Steelers as two-and-a-half-point favorites this week, and I actually have the Seahawks winning that matchup against the Steelers this week. And then my teaser is there for the Cardinals-Browns game. The over is 51-and-a-half, and I can see that being broken easily. So that's that's my little teaser for the week.
0: Oh, all right, I, I like those picks. I think the Rams should be able to shellac, especially if it's Mike Glennon at quarterback. Uh, wine you're on a hot streak two and o what do you have this week all
2: right yeah, so this one i found uh, I picked the cardinals plus three against the browns uh the cardinals are undefeated so far, and they get the plus three i i mean they looked good they should have lost to the vikings i'll still I'll be mad at that forever, but i don't know i the browns. It's going to be a high-score matchup, I agree, but I just I, I see the Cardinals winning this game, so they met the plus three. I give them the easy lock of the week. And then I also have an upset, and this is going to hurt Brent. The Dolphins are favored by three and a half. I would take the Jaguars to plus three and a half. You think they can I believe. I don't know. The Jags have looked better than I think 0 and 5. Or, yeah, Oh, and 5. I don't know. They've, they've made it a little more competitive recently, and I just don't think the
0: Dolphins are good right now, so go Jags. Yeah, I, I agree with the Jags pick. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Dolphins have been bad against the run, so hopefully James Robinson can have a big game, especially in London. The Jags seem to play really well there for some reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, Cardinals are undefeated. They should be able to score on the Browns like the Chargers did. So, yeah, both seem like good picks to me. Sam? I'm going to give you free reign here. There's no limitations. This isn't 1930s Germany. So whatever you got.
1: That's contrary to what he was saying earlier. (sighs) Anyways, let's just start out with what I think my lock of the week is. Kenny Gainwell, rush over 13 and a half yards. I know it's Tampa Bay Bucs defense, but come on. 13 and a half yards? My grandma could run that many yards. And she has like nine fingers. Missing. Minus 115. Start with that. Now, I was looking at FanDuel for the first time, and it looks like they have a weekly thing where you can have the highest scoring game. Chargers and Ravens, plus 750. So that's going to be a good kind of... I didn't say you have to parlay, but it's something you can do. I think the Chargers and Ravens will both be scoring until the last seconds of the game. I think this could be... Not a scorigami, but lots of points total. Um, I think they're even going to outbeat Browns, Cardinals, games like that. Now, we have Cooper Cup. Over 81.5 receiving yards. You know, he's just all over the field. Stafford's just kind of throwing it around. It's a lot of receptions. Yeah, 81.5 receptions. You think it's never been done, and it hasn't. But you know what? I think this week he'll be able to do it. So that's minus 115. Now... This is minus 212, Um, and this is uh, the over one half on John Gloats in the chat. So a John Gloat would be something like, hey, I was ranked lower in everyone else's rankings. Now look at me. That would be one John Gloat in the chat, and I think he's going to do over a half. doesn't mean that he's going to win, but I think he's going to be cocky this week, especially after dropping 170 points on jake now for the last one this one's plus 200 i'm calling brent to cover right now at 205.35 because we know that <laughs> his team is score, projected to score 105.35 and then his opponent is going to score negative 100 so he's going to score at least 205.35 nets. so that's your possible parlay uh
3: I, I have a question for you sam what's what's the money line looking on that uh john gloating I, I don't i don't know if he said
0: he said that was minus 212 john gloating 212. over point five. yeah
1: I, I was saying minus 212 but i'm looking at my venmo and i think the odds have changed It's actually plus 2000 <laughs> 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 okay. and then if i parlay all this together what happens i i think of black hole forms but you know what i, I encourage you to do it anyways
0: okay well definitely call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling addiction um, I think if you're putting a plus 750 bet on Chargers versus Ravens into a parlay you should probably call that number that's a big number for a parlay or Brent covering at plus 20,000 I think those are dangerous for a parlay but it's your money you can do whatever you want no,
1: joke's on you, 1-800-GAMBLER is my number I'm just going to give you
0: more parlay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't call that number. Sam's going to give you more parlays. <laughs> Take it back. I'm just getting
1: started.
0: All right. Sam's just getting started as he's one and one in the locks of the week, but no one said that. All right. I'm going to finish it off. Um, I like the Cowboys minus four over the Patriots this week. I feel like they should be eight point favorites. They've been putting up a ton of points. The only case I think you could make is that the Bucks played the Patriots close and the Cowboys played the Bucks close, but that was a super rainy game with bad weather for that patriots bucks Cowboys can run it. Cowboys can throw it. Patriots won't be able to lock down the best option because if you stop Zeke, then you got Seedy and Amari. If you stop one of them, then you got Zeke. Um, and then for an upset, not my lock of the week, I have the Chargers money line at plus 135 versus the Ravens. Uh, The Ravens just had to basically play five quarters, an emotional win over the Colts getting a comeback, whereas the Chargers played a high-scoring game where they were feeling it, but they didn't have to play in that overtime on a Monday night where I think the Ravens will be tired. Chargers come in, beat the Ravens in a close game, cover the money line, plus 135 on your money. So... All right. I guess that'll wrap it up for the locks of the week and the show. Thanks, Nate, for coming on. As always, we thank our guests.
1: It was a pleasure. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right.